Cinema Vino. We've got Sean Jordan. Hey. Travis Budd. Hey. And Taylor James Owens. Yes. Hello. Hello. He's back. I don't even know what I'm doing here. Social I, Security well, number 6642121. His number starts with 666, let's be honest. Yeah. Okay. And then it's You're off to And then it's 69420. <laughs> 666. Six, six, yeah. yeah. 69420. We've got the band back together. Blood type triple X. <laughs> which is also just a phenomenal movie. Yeah, that is a great which, movie. Which one? State of the Union. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I went and saw that in theaters with Taylor, and then we saw the both last of them. Twenty minutes, I was laughing a lot. I don't know what happened. I don't there remember three? it. Mm-hmm. There was something yeah, about a boat or two. Yeah. I, one Ice Cube took over. I think Diesel was the third one. Yeah. yeah. Diesel only did the first two. Yeah. I, I only watched the first one. But I can't remember <laughs> what the guy's name is. But you know, he's basically James Bond. Like yeah. Anybody can be. Um, I think his name is Xavier, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Xavier. Xander Cage. Oh, it yeah. Oh, it my is. God. Yeah. Yeah, so Xander Cage is basically 007. Anybody can be a Xander Cage. I, I don't know if it's Xander Cage, but I think Xander it is. something. Yeah. I think that's a good porn name, too. Am I wrong? Oh. Xander, oh, Xander Cage. Xander. Uh, what's, damn it, what's his name? Xander, there's a Xander porn guy that's, <laughs> he's got a lip ring. Um, <laughs> you know how little that narrows it down? Um, Xander Cage is his name. God. Is it? Good job. The porn or No, Vin, Vin Diesel yeah. and yeah. Triple X. All right, look both. up Xander yeah. porn. Uh-huh. <laughs> how far back are you that's, going in Vin Diesel's yeah, that's, filmography? That's gonna I, be a, I, I went straight to the Church Triple, Triple X. It was 2002. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, okay I'll look a, up the porn star. It's a good year. Xander. If you had to pick a porn last name, or, would you pick Cage or Steel? Oh, well, but Steel's just so easy. I like Cage. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd go with Todd Steele. You know? Todd Steele. Todd Steele. Yeah. So I'm like an undercover cop. I think Sean Steele is a little too soft on soft. You got to go. Yeah, you don't want to be soft. Sean Cage. Yeah. Sean Cage. Yeah. Okay. Xander Corvus. Let me see him. Yep. Let's get, let's, let's yeah. get a look at this this hog. <laughs> that's a that's a hog. God, he looks like he... He looks like he's a mildly having have a drug problem. <laughs> he like, looks a little bit like mildly, Eric he's Balfour. Poor. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh. He has a drug problem. Mm-hmm. A I don't see the little Eric Balfour. I don't know. No. I, I think I've got an Eric Balfour problem now. <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of the uh, Xander Corvus and then Leah Gotti. So you all out there, go ahead and look. <laughs> up. It's, it's great. <sighs> so uh, this yeah. could be a great segue. We're going to talk about Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. Tonight. Oh, that's Tay and I's other podcast. <laughs> Sorry. That's across the streams. Rubbing sticks. Mm. Um, so, and we're drinking Stolpman Syrah. A little I bit of I had the bottle in my hand. Um, Stolpman? It's a very nondescript bottle. It's pretty boring. Mm. Um, it's California Syrah. Basically, continuing the theme of like bottles I've never had before, but been kind of curious about. I hate that name, Stolpman. Stolp. It's, it's very awkward. It's not an attractive no. name. No, it's it just it's a it's a weird bunch of Stolpman. Yeah. God dang it, Stolpman! Yeah. Like character in a, an eighties movie. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, a German, angry. Stoltman. We will take you to Colonel Stoltman. <laughs> you don't want to know what happens with Stoltman. <laughs> we will put you on the rack. Um, Maybe his last name is Struswaffle. Stroltman Struswaffle. <laughs> That'd be Belgian. Yeah, yeah I think I so too. I, I'm just hungry for waffles. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Lawrence of Arabia uh, was released December 10th, 1962. Christmas movie. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, gather around the yeah. gather around the TV on Christmas Eve and watch Lawrence of yeah. Arabia. Just start early. Um by one minute, this is the longest film that we have watched for this podcast. What by only one minute. What was before this? 
Let's see if you guys have any guesses. What? Uh, Kill Bill 1 and 2? No. No. no we'll, we'll split those runtimes up. Oh, is it like a Beatles documentary or mm-hmm. some bullshit? Um, did we do them? Was it Irishman? It was. That, it was? That's why, yeah. Did oh, we I do didn't the watch Irishman? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did. Yep. yep. We'll do it. The Irishman was 209 minutes. This one is 210. So. God damn. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> I still have never seen the Irish. When you, when you, I wasn't here for that. Really? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. long. Yeah. So yeah. Strap in. Um, who, but is it worth it? Who did I podcast with yeah. over that? If you didn't. I think I, 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 even sat, I, think I sat in and I was in a, a you know. Because I'm not even sure if I was there for that, that no. one. But <laughs> I just knew there was like, I, I know I watched it, but I don't know if I. Yeah, I know I watched it. I don't know if we potted on it. Mm-hmm. Did we pot on it? Did I you do we, it so I think we did. I think maybe me and you did it and then you just kind of sat there and drank. Yeah, I think. I think I was the audience that that time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> Damn, I, I didn't know it was sick. I didn't know it was that long. Mm-hmm. To be honest. Yeah. Honestly, I'm saying we need like a Wikipedia list of all the pods that we've mm-hmm. done. Yes. Yeah. And who attended? Who was we on? We need it. a Cinemavino historian. I yeah. Know. You know, at this point, I am losing track of what movies. Yeah. yeah. I thought my HBO Max uh, app was fucked because like I kept having the audio I, and then nothing, and I was I kept stopping. Yes, I did that. It was like a black screen for like yeah. ten yeah. minutes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, I had the same problem too. Was like, it intermission? Did you guys get thrown off by intermission? No, no, no. no at the I, very beginning, no, I expected that. Well, yeah. I guess I knew there was. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm guessing like since it's so long, that was kind of their like, all right, let's everybody get time to get seated and everything before yeah. we actually pop. Oh, the movie's starting. Everybody yeah. get to your seats. Yeah. For 10 minutes. I'm sure the app probably crashed because of Shazam, Fury of the Gods. <laughs> That'd be my guess. Oh, yeah. Although I will say I would rather watch Lawrence of Arabia twice with no bathroom breaks than watch <laughs> Shazam 2 Did Shazam, again. Fury of the Gods come out on HBO? No, I don't. Is I think it's thing? on streaming. But I don't think it's on HBO. Okay. Actually. Okay. But it's it's brutal. I was like, a, uh, it's brutal. Better than Not Black that I plan on watching it, but... I think they're about the same. Oh, okay. I think they're both four out of ten. I thought I, Black Adam wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I I saw about Agreed. twenty minutes of Black Adam on an airplane, and that's all I needed to know. And you wanted to, and crash. that was it. And that's all I needed to know. <laughs> that's all. I, yeah, it was. It was the classic. Like oh, five minutes, five minutes, last ten minutes. No nah, dog. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all I needed. <laughs> I'm yeah. good. Um. So this film was nominated for ten Academy Awards, won seven, including Best Picture and Best Director. Uh, David Lean, the director, won also for his previous film. So those are, these are consecutive Best Director ones. He won for uh, Bridge on the River Kwai, which also won Best Picture. So his two of his films consecutively won Best Picture. Best Picture. Did he just give up after that? <laughs> he did one more like true great movie, Doctor Zhivago. Okay. And, but then he made Ryan's Daughter. Uh, after that, a movie called Ryan's Daughter, and supposedly a critic cult named Pauline Kale wrote a review that was so mean of that movie that he didn't direct another movie for 13 years. And Good. He, he, just, didn't, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he just did one more. Shame. Um, <laughs> Shame. <laughs> um, the, Damn. <laughs> That's why he quit, you yeah. bastard. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God he never I had a podcast. Some directors still. need like to get swatted on the nose with a wet newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's an image. Um, this ranked number five on AFI's initial top 100 and ranked seventh on the second list. <laughs> Great. Travis He's tickled himself. <laughs> Most of my jokes aren't for other people. They're just for me. <laughs> it's like your, your jokes are like your own burps where you get to enjoy the meal again. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's, what what four yeah. movies topped this on AFI? I'm trying to remember. I know Citizen Kane on the initial list. Citizen Kane, Godfather, Casablanca, and I'm trying to think of the other one that would be top four. Um, we might have to go back and maybe Wizard of Oz. Hmm. I think you said that. No, it was no. for sure. It was Citizen Kane, uh, Godfather, Godfather, Casablanca, um, maybe Wizard of Oz. We'll have to check and see on that one. 
Okay. Um, but the but yeah, it was number five, and then I think Schindler's List made it into the top uh, ahead of it for the second time around. Right for the second time around, because that came out in like ninety three. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this is one of the earliest films to be preserved in the Library of Congress, and heavily influenced uh, Martin Scorsese, Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, Francis Coppola, amongst others. I mean, you can see pretty much every modern director and his style in this film. <laughs> um, so um, my wife was dry humping me just now. So there's that. She's going outside what? right now. Yeah. Here she goes. Yeah. Three. Stop lying to the listeners. <laughs> You're the listeners. Yeah. Put your shirt back on. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Todd, well done. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for many years, the original print of this film was presumed to be lost. Um, a shorter 190-minute version was put together for TV, and that was the only surviving copy for decades. Until a, 190 minutes for TV, yeah, that would be like five TV hours. Yeah, it was like <laughs> a miniseries on TV. Jesus, Lonesome Dove, mm-hmm, exactly. Um, so it, it condensed the story. It cut out a lot of stuff that made the movie make make less sense. Basically, hmm. in this cut, um, it excised also a lot of the bloodier moments. Some of the battle scenes got trimmed down, um, and it was used to make poor copies because it was a copy of a copy. So that's a lot of the early home video stuff was built on this poor copy. And then in the 80s, an original print was found in a tin, in a film can somewhere. They actually found the original cut of the movie. Huh. And so David Lean was still alive, the director. And so he went in with a film historian named Richard A. Harris, and they went shot for shot and restored it the old-fashioned way uh, back to its original cut. And he this so what you see now is his basically director's cut. He was able to go in and, and put the movie together the way he wanted to. But it's been restored twice since then again. Yeah. Like, uh, what? Early two thousands, yeah, Spielberg twenty twelve uh, or yeah. something, or twenty fourteen. Spielberg and Scorsese didn't they? They and they funded the this original restoration of it too. Oh. They they worked with them to do the original restoration. I'm sure what you're seeing now is like the digital update. Of and they've done that for a few other movies too, right? Yeah. Hmm. Um. So yeah, this uh, is based on uh, T. E. Lawrence's book, The Seven Pillars of Wisdom. Uh, it begins with uh, Lawrence in middle age, where he dies from a motorcycle accident. I don't think it's giving anything away because it's first real. Yeah, film. that's. <laughs> And then at his funeral, dignitaries debate his kind of complicated legacy and, how, and their complicated feelings about him. And then you flash back from there to the desert, and you stay there for the duration of the film, which is about three-plus hours. Yeah. Um, so then you meet him as a young, brash, insubordinate officer during World War One, on the Turkish front. So um, he is a map maker in the basement of an army building in Cairo, basically killing time. Um, he is, he has a very refined IQ. He has knowledge of culture, history, war, but the army has no use for him. So an intelligence officer, uh, named Dryden, who was also in Casablanca, Claude Rains played the inspector. The invisible man. Also in Wolfman. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, (laughs) the more you know. Uh So he suggests that Lawrence be sent to the Arabian front, uh, where the British are working with the Arabs against the Turks. Uh, there he meets and becomes counselor to Prince Faisal, who is the heir to the throne. Of- Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's all I got. <laughs> he, uh, who was also on the bridge in the River Kwai, with, uh, directed by David Lee. Hmm. Uh, but so Prince Faisal is the heir to the throne of greater Syria. Lawrence's tactical brilliance and leadership skills shine through. He quickly becomes a world-renowned war hero and turns a secondary theater in Turkey into a major focal, focal point of the war. Uh, along the way, he meets uh, Sheriff Ali, who's a composite character based on several people, uh, played by Omar Sharif. And then there's Ada Abutai, who's played by Anthony Quinn. 
And he forms complicated friendships with both as they become close friends and trusted lieutenants. That's what I got for a plot description. So try to get that out as much as I could. How's our wine? Anything about it? Um, so this is Syrah. Um, I think it's going to be pretty bold, um, fruit forward, a little bit spicy, a little bit peppery. I get kind of like spicier notes on it. I think this would be a good steak wine. I don't know what you guys think, but it's a great wine to have in the desert. It is. I mean, it's like it pairs perfectly with sand. <laughs> I would uh, feel I'd feel a canteen with this. Yeah, rather you know, than I can water. really feel the graininess in my teeth. The grainy, mm. exactly. This is actually yeah, good. Ball, actually, yeah, I like I, this one. Mine's a little bit corked or something. I got some sediment. I got some some crunch. It's a little bit. Of, he put a little uh, bit of desert in there. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> um, make you feel orange, right in Arabia. Elorong, <laughs> Elorong. Um, so who has? So Tay, you've seen this. I have. Yeah. I I saw it a long time ago though. Mm-hmm. And Travis, this is your first time. Yeah, I'd never seen. Yeah, it. but um, Sean, you have long time listener, first time caller. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So I want to start with one of you guys. And yeah. See what you guys think first. So where do, you, where do you want to start? Who do you want to go with? Let's go with Sean. I, I loved it. It was long. Mm-hmm. Fuck, it was long. Yeah. Um, found it a lot of times I was just like, all right, we're just staring in the desert <laughs> yeah. for a long time. Just long time here. All right, when's this going to pick up? And Visual, visual desert porn. Visually makes you feel isolated. Mm-hmm. Good weather. Very cool. Good weather. Um, <laughs> great weather. Mm-hmm. No, I thought it was a really cool film. I mean, I plot-wise, it's... Dune, right? It's the plot of Dune Mm -hmm. because uh, this came out in 62. Um, The author of Dune actually credited the book that was written that this was based off of as something he used to kind of research Arab culture Hmm. that went into him writing Dune. Um, Dune went on to inspire Star Wars, so yada, yada, yada. This is both Star Wars and Dune. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. But based in true history, right? so it really got me digging into like World War One history, like what what part of this actually happened? What of this is like actually true? Uh, it was kind of interesting. I didn't really know much about like I knew kind of what happened post World War One with the Middle East and what eventually went on to World War Two with the Middle East, and then the seventies with the Middle East, and then the eighties with the Middle East, and then the nineties with the Middle East. Yeah, and uh, it it kind of felt super familiar because it was the same story of like a global super superpower using the Middle East as a proxy war. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. you know, I've seen that movie a million times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Rambo 3, right? <laughs> <laughs> See, it all ties into Rambo this, 3. Yeah. It all ties back to Rambo 3. Um, in this thesis, I will. <laughs> in this thesis, I will tell you how Lawrence of Arabia is actually, he, he's just alone. Yeah. So, hey, you call me Elorons. <laughs> <laughs> I, I loved it. I thought it was a really good movie. Um, Plot-wise, it's not a super complex plot. It's no, so no. long, though, that there's so much crammed in yeah. that it feels um, big. I mean, it's just it's a really grand movie. Oh, and epic, just like, sweeping. Ep- yeah, but like visually, it's epic. Like storyline, it's not very epic. No. Mm-hmm. Like I see why this got Best Picture for its visuals and like story, whatever. But yeah. It's just so much to take in, and it's there's so much cool lore behind this movie, mm-hmm. like the fact that they created an entire lens just for that one shot of Sharif uh, coming out of the desert. They created like a long lens specifically for that, and it never got used again by oh, anybody. Wow. I think it was like an 864 millimeter lens. It's crazy. Uh, 
and it's crazy how you watch that shot and you like strain, like you're like yeah, you're squinting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's somebody off in the desk. and then it cuts to them and they're doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Also, how did he identify that guy as someone he could shoot? Yeah, from, like, from that far, yeah, from that far away, like, I'm gonna shoot thing. that guy. His eyes are better. This is yeah. a hell of a shot. Hell of a yeah. shot. Mm-hmm. Riding, riding the noggin. Yeah, there's nothing to hide behind. So, what do you think of like the acting? I, I thought the acting was fine. Um, Peter O'Toole was really good. Um, I thought Obi-Wan Kenobi was a weird choice for a Jordanian prince. Mm-hmm. A little problematic. Well, yes and no. Yes and no. A lot of whitewashing. Definitely a yeah. lot of whitewashing because it's 1962. Mm-hmm. But apparently they did his makeup so well that when they were on set, pe- people who actually knew him were confusing him for the real person. Wow. Yeah. Huh. And I was like, how did... Alex Guinness. McGuinness? Guinness? Alec Guinness. Alex. Alec Guinness? Alec Guinness. Genuine class. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> uh, yeah. how, how did he pass for like a Jordanian noble? Dude was a hell of an actor. Super he really cool. was. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, where is Arabia? I think at that Tatooine. point. Tatooine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Sorry, I was going to try and get a sand. The Tatooine was in Morocco, wasn't it? Didn't they film in Morocco? Mm-hmm. Tunisia. Tunisia. Mm-hmm. This was not in Tunis. No. But I think that at that point, um, Arabia was kind of a confederation of like all these different kingdoms, tribes. It was a loose like. Yeah, I think I looked it up and it was like Yemen to Syria was kind of the area that we were in. Maybe Jordan. Jordan as well. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it hadn't come together like exactly. Um, So what would you give it? Not a 10 um, because it's fucking long. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I will give it. It's better than a seven. I'm going to give it an eight five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Land right in the middle. A lot of respect. I give it an eight. Um, I, I see why it was so long. That's like part of its charm, I guess. It, it makes you feel like you've been in the desert for that long. Because yeah. a lot of it is just like, well, we got to go over here. Like that's half the thing is like if you can survive the journey in the desert. And they don't want it to be like, all right, well, nothing's really going to happen. Let's montage, yada, yada one to two minutes of, you know, Vista views and like, all right, they made it. Somebody got tired. One guy died. There it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're wanting you to basically kind of feel like I, I remember I was watching this with my dad and he was like kind of cold on the, on the couch during it. And then all of a sudden he's like, it's getting warm in here. He was like, you know what? I think it's just watching the TV. He's like, I feel like I'm in the desert. I see these people like sweating their ass off. I'm like, you know what? It's that's about right. <laughs> you <laughs> just kind of feel like <laughs> he's, he's like, all of a sudden he's warming up. He's like, oh yeah, I get it now. You're getting a little warm. You're getting a little warm. Um, I just picture you doing the descriptions for the blind, like in the video. Like I was a guy in the desert. He died. Now uh, they're all right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saved you three, three and a half bootless <laughs> hours. There you go. That's the other thing. There's not a single woman with a speaking line in this movie Mm-mm. at all. Yeah, nope. they, all dudes. Oh, total sausage oh, yeah. fest. Nope. Wow. It doesn't just, it doesn't just fail. The well, it, breaks they, it. They, yeah. it destroys the back. They didn't have lines, but they were singing yeah, on they, the, on the cliffs. So it's about, that's, it, that's it. Like, you, don't, you don't even see their faces. Yeah. That's true. You so. do see a pinup of a Turkish woman as they like, Oh pass yeah. Across one of the Turkish. Full figure. Campus. I saw it. Yeah. Twice. Curvy. Uh, rewind. <laughs> That's what I, I was going to give it a 7.5. That pushed it to an 8. Um, <laughs> so, so the length of, like, of, of the film, I get the, the, the uh, panning of, the, of all the vistas and everything. And it does feel big and, and kind of sweeping in that regard. And then, it, you know, you're in, you feel like you've almost been with them on this journey because it, it's, 
you know, it maybe didn't need to be this, this long to tell this story. Uh, but I see why they did it. Um, yeah, all of like Peter O'Toole, great acting. It was his first role. His first said, starring role. He'd had a couple bit parts before, but like okay. nothing big. Because you don't get too many like in films these days, like introducing and then the brand new yeah. hot young kid on the scene. Um, you know, first time actor in a you know bigger roles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> first movie I ever saw Peter O'Toole in, Supergirl. <laughs> Uh-huh. Where he promptly died. He was uh, in the middle of, yeah, Helen Slater. King Ralph for me. Oh. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> that better be one of your movies for the Oh, I got it on Blu-ray. <laughs> I found which, it. Which region? Yeah. Actually, I, I got it twice because then I, I bought it on DVD and then I found it on Blu-ray. I was like, done. Take <laughs> Shut up and take my money. <laughs> so if any of you need an extra copy of King Ralph. I'm no, I'm keeping them both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have a backup. Let's go to my grave. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to raise my voice. <laughs> you're, you're like Mr. Burns with his escape pod. And it's like, I like to put my feet up. It's like, you need Bury to me in the desert with King Ralph. Um, but so uh, Lawrence was gay. And Lawrence supposedly was a sadomasochist. And so I they, see that. They that hint- explains the match bit. Mm-hmm. Well, it also explains, like, I don't know if you guys caught this, but when he's on the train and he gets shot and he falls off and he's like grabbing orgasms, little, he says, good, good, good. Like he, he likes getting hurt. So there's a theme of that throughout the movie of like he enjoys. But then. And then he shoots the guy in the desert and yeah. he's talking to the officers and he was like, there was a problem. And there's like, oh, of course there was. It's like, no, I, I liked it. Basically. Oh, yeah. Liked, yeah. He likes shooting the mm-hmm. guy. So there was like that undercurrent of like he he had some some fetishes that were they they couldn't really explore them in, in exact detail. But Did it, does that play out in this book at all, or is that just this script? I, I think it was like read through anecdotal, yeah, read huh. between the lines. Hmm. So, but hmm. yeah, he at this point, even when this movie was made, homosexuality was criminalized in England. So they they couldn't come out and say, especially because he was a world renowned hero, so they couldn't be explicit about it. No. But they definitely touch on the fact that he was. Uh, homosexual throughout the film in an undercurrent kind yeah, of way. Yeah. But yeah. That's why like, there's no women in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They show it like with him in the, uh, in, when he's getting tortured, you know, it's like it almost breaks him, but it's like he's almost afraid of like how much he likes it. After oh. Right. Yeah. Can't be tortured if you're just climaxing on it. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tay, what do you think? This is number two for me. Um, the first time I saw it, I think I, I got it on VHS and I think I got this film to watch. I don't know if I ran it or bought it just to say I watched it. Mm-hmm. I just remember it's like, oh yeah, I don't know why I, I didn't know really anything about it. It's like, oh, it's a, it's a phenomenal film. I'll just watch it. I put it on and I think I liked it because I watched a film that was like in the top five. Yeah. And I was, I was like, okay, yeah, okay. I did that. Um, yeah. Check mark. I, I, yeah, I was like, I don't know if I feel any better or worse about it, but I did it. So going back and watching it a second time, I actually, and by the way, I think I told Todd this, I swear I thought it was three VHS tapes. But I guess it was only two, yeah. but I swear it was three VHS tapes. Anyway. Special features on the third. Yeah. <laughs> Director's cut. Was Titanic yeah. two? Titanic was two. Two. VHS. Two. Yeah. Two. yeah, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time around, I, dare I say, I, I liked it more because I could pick up on a few other things. Like just going to the opening scenes where like they're talking like, you know, there was mixed reviews of him. Was he good or was he bad? And I'm like, damn, that's that's a good way to start it all out. And it's like, oh, did so he clearly was kind of revered, but also maybe kind of hated a little bit or questioned like his ethics or whatever he did. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's kind of a cool start. And then going through it, 
it is long as hell. That's all I can say about that. Mm-hmm. I feel like it could have been cut a lot, but that is, I think that's what makes it kind of iconic, where it's like they, it's like, I'm going to do my own thing, and I'm going to make this a long-ass motherfucking movie, and mm-hmm. it's going to tell everything it needs to tell. And that was huge and ground, so I can appreciate it was huge and groundbreaking for the time. I think yeah. that's why everyone just freaked out. Not a lot of CGI, CGI. even <laughs> towards the end, it was like that, the very end of the... Uh, Final battle scene where he's he's like he's shooting everybody. Which looking back, he might have been orgasm when he was he was all happy when he was shooting at the very end. Uh-huh. And then he's got that knife and he's all bloodied. I'm like, that don't look like blood. Mm-hmm. It was like that 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 don't look right. But it was like so little to CGI. It was like it was just mm-hmm. there was no CGI, but no, it, was, it yeah. was just great. It was visually pleasing. And even when you think about the the long ass dialogue scenes and some some it's like it's still a great set. Yeah. Like visually, there's a set. It was mm-hmm. like there's so, so much stuff going on, and it's like, and it's like, man, this is kind of cool to watch. Even though I did zone out of some during some of the dialogue, um, but even besides the fact that it was too long, still a phenomenal film. I think the acting really makes everything. Mm-hmm. I think he was Peter Tool was a great actor. Oh yeah, I, I, I loved every single part of it. Like, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't have been into the film. Yeah, it was like the way he delivered everything. I thought was like, man, this guy's great. Yeah, so. The first time I watched it, I probably had been like, oh, yeah, it's like a nine because it's one of the greatest films ever. And I, and I watched it. And now I watched it a second time. And I think I would go with the A5 on this. Yeah. It was like, I, I'm, it might have lost a little bit just because I was like, fuck, this is long. And it's not, it's just, I, I think this movie might lose its place in future movies just because of that length. Yeah. Where people might go, man, it's a great film, but like, who's going to rewatch this film? Even I struggled for the second time. Mm-hmm. You're telling me you're going to get some young, young little punk kid in film school to like spend four hours of his life to be If I had like, known there was an intermission, I would have stopped. Well, I did. I, I, I planned to stop yeah. and yeah. like I knew, watch yeah. today. That's what, that's what we did. Well, and, and, and I didn't know there was an intermission. So the first time I got it, I was like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, what? And I remember at the time I was like asking, I don't know who I talked to, but I was like, do you know there's an intermission? Like, oh yeah. It's like, it was like, it might have been my uncle. It's like, this is part of the greatest movie. It's just like, yeah, it's, isn't that crazy? Like, 1962, they just divided it. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess they just didn't give a shit, did they? Yeah, could we, like, could we cut it a little more in the middle, though? They were there was like oh. only an hour and a half at the end. It was yeah. like, yeah. intermission. I'm like, oh, geez. And then you come back, oh, it's only an so, hour and a half. The yeah, whole like, other movie. Feels like nothing. Feels that, That's like half a pack of Pringles. <laughs> that's a half All right, that's a, that's a, a, that's a full, that's a full yeah. stack of Pringles. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, eight and a half on it. Again, his acting was absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And again, you have to appreciate the film for what it is. Like just the... The cinematography, the actual directing. I think you were mentioning how like they were shooting some films at night, and then they were also shooting during the day, but then using a you know lens, which is not uncommon. But like, mm-hmm. it's so crazy to think back on it and be like, that was 1962. Yeah, and it's like, God, it's fucking crazy. So that, beautiful. To it, look is at. it is it safe to say that this feels like a movie that James Cameron would have made if he was in 1962? Oh, I, I, I think visually, yes. In terms of the technical part of it, the screenplay is a little bit rich for him. He lacks him a little bit more dumbed down. Screen, yeah, I, I just yeah. mean like <laughs> his level of ambition and yeah. like the the size yeah. of the movie, Scope the of, scale yeah. of it, huge. Feels yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna go to the desert. Oh, I'm gonna go to the bottom of the fucking ocean. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and, I'm James Cameron. I gotta make a movie. In terms of like the resources and the time they spent making this movie, this this was like several movies rolled into one. I saw that they huge. spent longer filming this movie than Lawrence actually spent. In Arabia. Yeah. I was like 18 uh, months, two years. It's something crazy. Wow. schedule. At the beginning of this, I kept thinking of that line in like Pirates of the Caribbean with Johnny Depp. And he's always telling the end of that story. And like, and then they made me their king. <laughs> I kept thinking <laughs> yeah. he's 
Like every time I see one of these like white savior trope movies, I always think of um, Dances with Wolves, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh man, the the white man comes in to our culture and he learns our ways and he learns them better than we can because you know we are primitives and the white man is like exalted, like he's divine. Just God, he's just fast like, and we're man. Just, you know, if only a white man could be here and try these things was, that we do every day, he'd be so much better at it. Than I mean, us. at one point they do actually say in there, he was just like, do you think they'll walk on water for you? And he was like, who'd walk on water for me? And I was like, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, what a hell of a line. Yeah. It and, like, and it's funny in the yeah. next scene, he's like walking and he walks in a puddle and and laughs to the to Sharif yeah. from right before he gets captured. Mm-hmm. He compared and himself then, to Moses at yeah. one point. Oh yeah, Mo- yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because it, it does like we were talking about citizen kane citizen kane starts with his death as well mm-hmm. and then people walking out and talking about him and asking about shit mm-hmm. so that made me think of that too and then at the end obviously you don't get to see the it, it they they have the motorcycle drive past him really fast on the road as he's going home and i'm like oh shit yeah all right good callback yeah reminds me like i wonder what happens next oh shit yeah they told us so yeah. who was on the wrong side of the road though was it him or was he, it the cyclist? I think it was the cyclist. Yeah, was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless cyclists in England don't follow road rules. Yeah. yeah. He was on the left side. He was on no. the correct side. Yeah. So hmm. just goes to show you cyclists are deadly. That's true. I've been saying that for years. Oh, he didn't have his helmet. That's true. Well, he had, well, he had goggles. Yeah. That's, all he just, I mean, and that's the same thing. Back in yeah. the day, that's all you need. Goggles yeah. were required in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, I have to it's difficult to separate my nostalgia for this movie. This is one of the movies that like I saw it as a young kid and it, I was just in awe of it, like watching it, like the music and the cinematography. And the, I mean, it wasn't even so much the story at that point. Cause I didn't know like much about history or all yeah. that, but like the, the cinematography, the music, I mean, just the, the epic feel of it, you know, of watching it. It was like, to me, it was, it ranks alongside like star Wars and like Raiders of the Lost Ark for movies that like the, the moviness of it made me like love movies. It was like, this is score. Yeah. I yeah. Mentioned that. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, th- this is like all capital letters movie. You know, it's like, this is just as, as cinematic as it gets. Yeah, it, I was going to say cinema. Mm-hmm. And it, but it does it without like being snotty, you know, it's just, it's just like the James Cameron kind of thing where it's like, it's just a pure expression of like visual of cinema. You know, there's so many scenes in the movie that are just like visual poetry, you know, and that's to me, it's almost what it's about, like panning across a desert and you see just like a convoy of of camels and like, you know, troops. And then you see like the taking of uh, Aqaba, you know, where they sweep in and take the town or they blow up the train, they blow up a real train and blow it off the tracks. And then the soldiers that come over the, the dune are real soldiers. There's no special effects. All those battle scenes yeah. are, are real, like people. So it's just amazing. You know there's no special effects because they really did that. Yeah, the shot in Aqaba where they take it is really cool. Yeah. I was sitting there watching and like... Well, and then it pans on all the guns facing the wrong way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, it's I just, I like picked out one little group of guys. I'm like, what? Oh, yeah, they got fucked up. Like, they actually did what they were supposed to do. Like, I they, they were running past and then they got cut off by horses and they were like, oh, shit. And I read that Peter O'Toole's uh, camel actually like got spooked and knocked him off his camel during that scene. Hmm. And so it, the camel was trained to stand over him while that was happening so he wouldn't get trampled by oh, other wow. camels. Wow. So he's alive because his camel saved his life. Yeah. Damn. I also read that he um, 
had a really bloody ass after riding on that camel saddle. Oh, I oh. so he started he started putting sponge. He said that it was too uh, too rough for his oh, delicate egg, English ass. Egg crate. So well, he started putting like yeah, like egg crate, like sponge under his under his butt for the saddle. Mm-hmm. And the Bedouins actually adopted that. They were like, "That's actually a good idea. We're going to start doing that." <laughs> yeah, get get spongy ass. Yeah. Well, Before that, all they it were takes all hard is like a, a spongy like <laughs> pale dude to come in and tell you how to. White, 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 yeah, white savior. White savior. Coming in. Save those butt cheeks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is the second best movie featuring camel riding. The first one is Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Scorpion King. Exactly. Answer. And the best special effects, too. Best yeah. CGI. Mm-hmm. Camel was well trained. Oh, you're thinking about Mummy Returns. That's right. <laughs> Which has the Scorpion King. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is this is filmmaking at its peak. You can see uh, Spielberg like watch this movie and then watch Jaws right after it, and you'll see how much it influenced like Spielberg. Like he obviously is just taking notes, and he's Spielberg said this later. Like he just also was in awe of this movie. It's like you can see the influence on a movie like Jaws. I can see that. It's just it's the same just on water. He's got like the really long all the way around shots of just like different version of Desolation. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, and then, I mean, you can, with stuff like Scorsese, you know, his movies, it's like you see just tons of, of people being influenced by it. this direct, uh, Tarantino. I mean, it's like this, this is almost like a, a Bible of modern filmmaking. And, but at, in terms of the length, I mean, oh, it, it definitely is way too long. It loses momentum in the second half of it. The second half to me is not as good as the first half after the intermission. It kind of loses some of that buildup, and it might be because there is an intermission. Yeah. It stops the movie dead. Um, but that was also the trend at the time. I mean, that's when you had the Ten Commandments. That's when you had like Ben Hur, um, Exodus. You had all these movies that were like three and a half. If all prestige movies were long. They were all like three plus hours long at this point in time. I mean, even all the way up through like My Fair Lady, Sound of Music, Doctor Zhivago, which is David Lean, Bridge on the River Kwai, which he, he did before this one. They're all the epic three hour plus movies. That's just what they did. Back yeah. Then. So. I don't know if people just had longer bladder, bigger bladders, and just sit there longer. I don't know. <laughs> More patience. No, intermission is so you can get up and pee. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like thinking. Go, go get your snacks. You're raising nuts. Even like at Avatar 2, The Way of Water, is like this is way too goddamn long to sit in the mm. theater. It's like my ass, speaking, I need some sponge for my ass because I'm getting sore <laughs> sitting there. My butt cheeks are asleep. <laughs> but for me, um, based on a sheer movie analysis, I would say I would give this an 8, 5, or 9. Because it, it, it does slow down a little bit. There are no female characters. You know, I can't I can't knock West Side Story, the original, for having white people playing ethnic people, you know, in brown face and then not knock this one for the same thing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, it's also difficult to separate how much I love this movie as a kid and the nostalgia factor. Yeah. You know, it's one of those movies I went back to. I've gone back to it many, many times. I own it on VHS, DVD, and at least one Blu-ray copy. But so, how often do you watch this? Like, this is, this is a fucking tome. It is. Um, I would say is this a, a ten year uh, revisit. It's probably been. I know my wife and I've been together for nearly ten years, and we'd never seen it. We watched it for the first time. When you, you've seen this movie twice. When, yep. was, when was the first time you saw it? Probably twenty four, twenty five. So we're looking at another while. fifteen years. Yeah, mm-hmm. fifteen years. So I was. I would say I've seen this eight to ten times. Damn, Jesus. Life. Yeah, it's been a while, but so I, you, uh, that's a good like every five years. I, well, I watched it a lot as a kid. I probably watched it three or four times just because of the, the first time was just like the visuals of it. I and watched Power Rangers, <laughs> I watched Tremors a bunch. Yeah, <laughs> I still do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was a big movie nerd for sure. Yeah. But for me, I have to give it a 10 just for like the, the 
feelings. It, it's like it's definitely one of my top movies of all time. Well, so. I think I think the AFI agrees as well, <laughs> and, and I and I think that's just kind of adds nerds. It, yeah. it adds <laughs> to it. It's like to to sit to be like, hey, I I did watch one of the highest highly rated films of all time, mm-hmm. and it's like I think that adds to it for sure. Um, side note: going back to our Duck Suit podcast, Noah, my son, and I, we watched uh, Looney Tunes this morning. He wanted to, he was curious about Bugs Bunny and Porky Pig, so we watched a Bugs Bunny short where. It was one where Elmer Fudd's a waiter in a restaurant, and everybody in the restaurant is a Hollywood star. So Humphrey Bogart was there from Casablanca. Yep. Peter Laurie was there. And then the Marx Brothers were all huh. people in the restaurant. Hmm. Like Bugs Bunny hides and disguises himself as Groucho with the mustache and the cigar and everything. So I feel like Noah would be like a Foghorn Leghorn kind of man. <laughs> he would be. That'd be right up his alley. Yeah. Um, he definitely was a big fan of bugs. I, so. It reminds me of Tasmanian Devil sometimes. Noah, yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. He was <laughs> he was doing spins in my driveway yeah. yesterday. <laughs> I, I mean, him being a three year old, that's definitely Taz. They're all that that way at that stage. They're just wild animals. I miss Tiny Tunes. I know. I can't I remember the Tiny Taz. Was that Looney small. Tunes but small? Yep. Yeah. yeah. They're Am- tiny. They're tiny. They're toony. They're, they're all a little bit loony. loony. Yeah. yeah. And Animaniacs. You got oh, that's. Oh yeah. Classic. Yeah. Um, That's how I learned all the uh, all, all continents and all the states yeah. and all mm-hmm. the yeah. Um, so we got Train to Busan. We got our Flex movie. That's the last one for this series. And then after I believe that, it's on Netflix. I think so. I haven't checked in a while. But then Prime Amazon Prime mm, is it now? Yeah. They were doing our our summer chaos. So you guys definitely want to be in on that. That's gonna be some good. good <laughs> stuff. Hey Tay, what was that uh, movie we were watching uh, with? Or a series. You and Bailey were watching it. It was a, a zombie series in a high school. Oh, and it was like shortly after Squid Games, I think. Yeah, it was, um, about a, yeah. I, I don't know the name of it, but, but I, I think it was inspired by Train to Busan. Oh, that, like, got yeah, super, the hotel. Yeah, that oh, that one. That was a long ass fucking. It was. They stretched it out. Yeah, but I think there's going to be another season. I think I, it was I, based I, off. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that and this. But you know, it, I you know, anytime you see a zombie movie, it could be somewhat tied to another. And you're like, yeah. okay, they sometimes don't explain. Yeah. Anyway, um, but so be sure and tune in for that. We're gonna do our drawing for those series next. So <laughs> keep an eye out. <laughs> <laughs> I know what the stinger for this episode is gonna be. Um, <laughs> so this has been another episode of Cinemavino. Is that the sound Lawrence made when he was getting tortured? <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Didalopolis. <laughs> That's the stinger right there, Todd. <laughs> Which we we haven't done a who ya in a while. Um, Can I get one? Oh yeah! <laughs> you can count us down though. Three, two, one. Oh yeah! <laughs> Sometimes you just hit that note. That's yeah, like a tuning perfect. fork. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> that that did something in my pants. That, 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 that was right in my ear. Lawrence and Ray getting shot. I don't know who who got. I think it was Sean's. Probably hit the high note. Uh, yeah, you hit the note, man. Yeah. Woo! I got a tingle. <laughs> so I need an egg crate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have to get the microphone and check for vibrations. Make sure you're not cheating the chest down there. I'm gonna get a towel. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Todd, I'm sorry about this chair. This summer's gonna be nuts. <laughs> so great movies, only drunker. Um, and we will see you guys uh, next time. Good to be back. It's good, good to have you back. Good to have the, all the band back. Y'all smell good. Fuck off. <laughs> Don't lie to my face. <laughs> be sure to listen, rate, and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Our website is at cinemavino.net, 
and reviews of these films can be found at toddwoffordmovies.com.